Hey everyone, welcome back to Christmas in July on every version ever. My name is Jonathan North, and today we're looking at another Christmas Carol adaptation, this time from the BBC's classic sci-fi series, Doctor Who. This is one of the strangest, but also most creative takes on the Christmas Carol story, with the Doctor and his companions taking on the roles of the spirits, but then literally using time travel to accomplish the change of heart in our Scrooge character, here named Kazran Sardik. My guest for this episode is Rachel Wagner, and she actually suggested this episode for us. We've watched and discussed a lot of Doctor Who together for her podcast, so she thought it would be fun to do another episode for my podcast. Those episodes on her show are actually what got me into YouTube and podcasting, so this was kind of a fun throwback to my early days online. And if you want more Doctor Who content, make sure to stick around after the main episode. Rachel and I have reviewed a lot of Doctor Who episodes over the years, and one in particular is pretty relevant to our discussion. So stay tuned after the show for a bonus review from my early days on YouTube. I feel like the best way to talk about this one is to go through from the beginning to the end and talk about the different things that happen, especially where they relate to the story of A Christmas Carol, because there are a few places where it's like, that's the point of this, is talking about how it's based on A Christmas Carol, but also its own thing, too. So it starts out very much not like A Christmas Carol, because, of course, this is Doctor Who. It's sci-fi. So they're over a planet. There's a ship that's crashing, and they're talking about the planet having a weird atmosphere. And then... I guess this probably didn't mean as much to you because you're still back in season one. Like that's as far as we've watched together. Yeah. I've watched season one and then episodes here and there. And then I've watched 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. This is the introduction, at least for you probably to Amy and Rory, Mm -hmm. doctor's companions. In this episode, it's their first episode as a married couple. Yeah, so, I knew you talked about them before when we were talking about having multiple companions yeah. in 12 and 13. Yeah. So before this, in the first season with Amy, it was for a while, it was just Amy. Rory was there, but only as someone who you see when they go back home. But you know they're engaged. So then he picks up Rory later in the season. They end up getting married. So this mm-hmm. was the first episode with them as a married couple. So they were spending their honeymoon on this ship. I'm not sure if this planet was the ship's destination or what, but either way, the ship is going to crash on this planet. And they're calling for the doctor because he's the only one who can help, of course. And the doctor goes down to the planet and finds out that this character, who is based on Scrooge, Kazran Sardek, controls the clouds, controls the atmosphere on this planet. I'm not sure exactly why. It's something about his father had built this machine. Because it sounds like the people of this planet were originally from Earth, and they moved to this planet sometime in the past. It was, the history wasn't explained. It was just things I was, was inferring from different bits of dialogue. So I guess in colonizing this planet, this Kazran Sardik's father had built this machine to control the clouds. I'm not sure exactly why. It's one of those things where I just went with it. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I would be a lot harder on this episode if I didn't like it and I really liked this episode. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I just went with. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a lot of shades of Scrooge in this introduction. 
He's a money lender. He, mm-hmm. The thing that's different about him, though, is that he holds people as collateral. So this family is wanting the mother's sister back for Christmas, and he won't let her go. This is the introduction to the character Abigail. Did you understand what was happening in this beginning part? It was a little confusing, I, but I, 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 I kind of read a little bit, and so I, I feel like I got it well enough. Okay. Uh, that that basically this man, he uh, as a uh, he felt betrayed by his father, and because of that, uh, he is bitter, and mm-hmm. uh, he has uh, these yeah these people that he holds kind of hostage in these cryobacks kind of things mm-hmm. and uh, you know when you have michael gambone playing your scrooge type character i mean that's a win he's uh, an incredible actor he was uh, a very so, good scrooge character i i, I wish mm-hmm. that we could see him as scrooge in a i know something. He'd be me great. too i i felt a little i would have liked to have seen more of the kind of dynamic of scrooge uh i don't know i feel like learning to sort of forgive and see the the positives of other people a little bit more than in mm-hmm. this one he does learn to i think forgive his father but i i think that there was less of less time spent than the typical christmas carol narrative of the time spent with him and his errors and him realizing that he had made mistakes and then also seeing the current time and what he could do that was bad that to make life better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then going into the future, sort of that whole redemption arc. I don't feel like that was actually done very well here. And then, and to me, this, this, this did scream Stephen Moffat. It was not a surprise to me that this was <laughs> I knew, written by I knew you were gonna say Stephen Moffat, because I don't know, he just, he has a, he really struggles to just tell a, a basic story. He always wants true. to, he always wants to to switch it up and he, make it he, he likes the big complicated stories he's the one yeah. that always does the most with time travel and you can really tell that in yeah. this episode and i think it would have been better if it had just been a little bit simpler and just a little bit of yeah like make it in space who cares but make it a classic christmas carol arc and i i don't really feel like you got that here it was very convoluted um but I still, you know, it was interesting. I mean, I much preferred, though, the episode in season one that we watched where they actually meet Dickens, mm-hmm. the doctor. I thought that was much better <laughs> than this. I guess maybe in some ways, but I kind of like the <laughs> the convoluted part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I really thought that the time travel stuff was such an interesting twist on the Christmas Carol story. Because you have, instead of him like having visions of the past, the doctor physically goes to his past in order to change him into a better person. Mm-hmm. So instead of him, I guess, growing as a person, the doctor tries to change him from the time when he's a child. Right. Because when this ship is crashing, he refuses to let it land because, like I said, he controls the clouds somehow. We're just going to go with that. <laughs> but to, in order to save all these people, the doctor goes back in time and meets Kazran as a child. So that instead of having the flashback with Christmas past to his childhood and young adulthood, the doctor actually lives his childhood and young adulthood with him. 
So the doctor right. is visiting him at different points in his life. But then it ties back into this Abigail because they actually meet her. So then when they meet the, when they go back and then the Kazarin is a changed person as opposed to, uh, as opposed to the typical redemption arc of Scrooge yes. where he, uh, he then becomes a different person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he is actually like his whole childhood has been changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Abigail true. also, in addition to being this person who's being held as collateral on this loan, she also ends up being the, I guess, the stand-in for the Scrooge for the Scrooge love interest, the fiance who mm-hmm. leaves him, and they actually have, at least for that arc, a slightly better ending, <laughs> because she meets, she like grows, sees, I keep wanting to call him Scrooge, it's Kazran. <laughs> she sees him growing up. And they actually fall in love because every Christmas they come and visit her. When she's only out of the cryogenics every every Christmas Eve, yes, right? Every Christmas. But during this whole time, this is something about this uh, this thing that is I feel, from what I've seen, is apparently divisive. But I love it because this planet has a weird atmosphere. It is full of fish, so fish swim through the atmosphere. Oh yeah, and there is a shark. <laughs> People apparently think this is stupid, but I loved it. (laughs) During this whole time when they're visiting her over Christmas, at one point, they have this shark hooked up to a sleigh, and they're flying through the air with the shark pulling the sleigh. And I just love that scene so much, because it's so (laughs) ridiculous, and it's something that you'll never see anywhere else. Like, where else are you going to see Santa's sleigh being pulled by a shark? Right, then on Doctor Who. Yeah, it was it was kind of a lot, but hey, I, I was I was okay with it. I just was kind of confused a little bit when it would, when the shark appears in his room. Like, what is happening here? It's it's something to do with the atmosphere, like because the atmosphere is weird, the sharks can live in it or whatever. There's fish. Yeah, there's this whole thing yeah. too about her voice, her singing voice, because the person who plays her is actually a Welsh singer. They specifically got her because of her voice. She'd never acted mm-hmm. before. I, th- I think yeah, I she was name. on Catherine Jenkins. Yeah, I know her because she was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, when, really? uh, yeah, one season. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Random. So she she can sing to the shark and calm it down, and yeah. that comes into play later too. But there's something about her voice that I don't know realigns the atmosphere or whatever some science fictiony thing and the doctor figures out that because her voice is like the perfect vibration she'll be like the key to saving this ship in the end because through all this the doctor is counting on kazran changing but the doctor doesn't know that abigail gave herself up as collateral because she's going to die and she knew she was going to die. So she gave herself up. She knew she only she had one have, day to live. She had several days to live, but because they kept taking her out every oh, Christmas, right. the days kept ticking down. So by the time she tells Kazran this, he's an adult, they're in love, and he decides he's done. He doesn't want her to die, so he never wants to open up the cryo chamber again. He tells the doctor to leave. So the doctor is kind of... I think he's kind of checking in every once in a while because he has the time machine. He's going forward 
but he never accepts the doctor back. So he still come, ends up old and bitter. So the doctor's plan sort of failed in the end. But then the last time he visits, he comes back after all this has happened. His past has been changed. You had all that. That was the past. The ghost of Christmas past. Then you have Amy coming in as a hologram, which I thought I really liked this scene too, because she comes in as the ghost of Christmas present. And she shows him what's happening, like the people's lives who are being affected by his choices, which again, it's similar to a Christmas Carol, except in this instance, instead of seeing all of these happy people having their Christmas, it's these people who are going to die because of his uncaring attitude. Right. And it's weird, but they're all singing Silent Night on this spaceship because the doctor had figured out that the, the vibrations from singing will align the atmosphere or whatever. It'll help the ship land. But it's not exactly right because it's her voice. Abigail's <clears throat> voice is the perfect voice. But you still have all these people singing as their ship is going down. And there was just something about that scene that I really liked. Yeah. It's just... There, so in that case, he was still the original character. This is not the new character who had who had been changed growing well, up with the doctor. Been, he had been changed, but not enough because his heart was rehardened once he found out Abigail was going to die. Because and, he he realized that he'd gone through all that, had his past changed, fallen in love, only to essentially lose her, not to death, but to the fact that he was going to never see her again because he didn't want her to die. Okay. It was a little bit confusing. I'm a, I maybe I should have watched it multiple times, but, uh, but uh, figuring out, cause I just, I think that maybe it didn't quite have that sort of autonomy that Scrooge typically has where he decides that he's going to change his life. That is true. And he's going that to, very true. and uh, he's going to become a new man. And uh, the thing I love about Christmas Carol is there's no lost causes that anyone can change, that anyone can become a good person and be redeemed. And, uh, and so it was kind of missing a little bit of that, but it was interesting. I mean, I didn't hate it. It was an you interesting get, take on a little bit of that, I guess, autonomy at the very end, because after all this Scrooge still says that he doesn't care, even though he's seen all these people, they're going to die. And then you have the doctor realizing that the only thing he can do is bring little Kazran from the past into the future. Mm -hmm. So that was, I, again, well, and he talks to Abigail and she talks to him about how, uh, that, uh, that he needs to, they need to say goodbye. And she helps to convince him too. But, but bringing little Kazran from the past into the future, I thought was another great twist to the, the the classic formula, I guess, of a Christmas Carol, instead mm-hmm. of having old Scrooge see young Scrooge, you have young Scrooge see old Scrooge, and realizing that he doesn't want to grow up into this person. But then you also have old Scrooge seeing himself yeah. through the young Scrooge's eyes and realizing how much like his abusive father he is, and realizing right. he does not want to be that person, and that's what finally, I guess, clicks makes him realize he needs to change. And then, of course, you have, like you said, Abigail comes out for the final time. For the, They're going to spend one last Christmas together. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, that was pretty emotional. And like I said, Michael Gambone is a really great actor, so he could he could sell it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So when they finally reconcile all this, they decide that Abigail needs to sing because, like I said, she has the perfect vibration in her voice. It resonates perfectly with the atmosphere. So she's singing into the sonic screwdriver. And oh yeah, it gets broken in half. Yeah, the, the other half of the sonic screwdriver is still in the shark. And sharks live, they can live for decades and decades and decades. So the shark is still alive in the atmosphere. And somehow, science fiction-y <laughs> mumbo-jumbo, those, the sound goes from the half of the sonic screwdriver she's holding to the shark in the sky. And somehow that aligns the atmosphere fixes all the ice crystals so that it paves a path for the ship to finally land. And of course, because of all this, it begins to snow. (laughs) So it's like the perfect snowy Christmas. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot going on, but but yeah, Uh, that's right. I forgot that. Yeah. His sonic screwdriver gets broken in two Mm -hmm. and a part of it ends up in the shark. And uh, in which she's finally able to convince him to let her uh, to let her go into Christmas Day and experience mm-hmm. Christmas Day, and then she sings, and and she does have an absolutely beautiful voice. Oh yeah, I love every time she sings. I just I love her voice. That yeah. final song, it just it's so it's so nice. I think they wrote it for the for the show. I don't think it's a Christmas Carol because she sings some mm-hmm. classic Christmas carols earlier but this mm-hmm. one song it's like a brand new song and i just i love it so much yeah in the in the original episode with dickens it it's it's i think it really works where dickens is kind of scrooge in that episode and he's yeah it's sort yeah, of inspired yeah. by the doctor and what happens to write christmas carol and yeah uh, he's down on his you know sort of semi-autobiographical mm-hmm. and uh i i think that one is is really fun. But, that, uh, that whole script, I always felt like they should have saved that and used it as a Christmas special because yeah, it was so just too. so Christmassy, but it was in the middle of a regular season. Yeah. And they didn't, did they have Christmas specials back then? First season? Uh, they, they had one after the first season was over. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. They should have, but, uh, but I like that one. I like the meeting Dickens. I think that one's fun. Uh, but yeah, this is like a historical one meets sci-fi one. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of kind of steampunky too. Just yeah, the I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really that. liked it. And then at the very end, I, again, some people thought it was stupid, but I loved they had the shark sleigh back, and Kazran and Abigail fly off on the shark sleigh for one last Christmas. <laughs> I just I loved it. <laughs> hey, so strange I, and different. Yeah, I'm up for strange and different. Uh, there's uh, in I think it was 2018. There was a Christmas movie called Santa Jaws. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh my and goodness. and it's it was it was it, it, if you like sort of B movies, schlocky, funny, you know, kind of movies. Like I would way rather watch it than than the Sharknado movies, for instance. Like this had a way more sort of creativity and because it's about this this uh this kid that starts uh drawing the uh the 
<laughs> the Saints Jaws and it comes to life and is terrorizing the town and it's ridiculous, of course, but it was actually, I thought, kind of fun. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's something about it that when something knows what it is and yeah. executes it well, that, that can make almost anything entertaining. And here, you know, this does feel very Doctor Who-y. Uh, about <laughs> the you know obviously of time travel as a as a major I haven't seen Matt Smith very much because I've mm -hmm. watched those seasons so that was kind of fun to get to see him I think I've only seen one episode in, in another um, video that I did uh, with him and I wasn't too annoyed by Karen Gillum who isn't my favorite <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking I forward to watching those, those seasons very much <laughs> Amy and Rory are two of my favorite companions mm -hmm. I. I just, I love their dynamic. Yeah. I didn't, I guess at the very beginning, I didn't love her as much, but once she gets together with Rory, I just feel mm -hmm. like they make each other better and they're, they're perfect together. And I just, I love them as a couple yeah. and as companions. Hopefully you will too when we ever get Yeah, to I hope so. I think that it was a little bit sometimes confusing everything with Abigail. What was, what was going on with that? How many days did she have? Why was she in the cryogenic? Yeah. What, what exactly uh, were the rules involving that? But, you know, with Doctor Who, you just kind of have to go with it and you just have to enjoy yeah. it. Even, and, even the ones where I feel like I understand it better than most people, there's mm -hmm. still stuff in it that sometimes leaves me scratching my head. Yeah, because so, you only have an hour. It's yeah. just kind of hot. <laughs> sometimes. 45 minutes. I used to be like trying to figure absolutely everything out and I wanted everything to make sense. But at this point, I'm like, Doctor Who has such a long, convoluted history. Right. Sometimes you just got to say whatever. Yeah, <laughs> especially with, with this, when you have multiple time travels travelers going around and yeah that's the space-time continuum is getting completely messed up but yeah. hey yeah it works and you have such good actors like i said with um michael gambon mm -hmm. and matt smith and you know it's a it's a pretty solid cast so yeah that yeah, was fun it was something different yeah yeah i really like it it's not as far as like christmas carol adaptations go it's definitely not one of the best yeah it's missing that meat, that christmas carol meat on the bones i feel like but yeah but as far as like fun. taking the idea and putting their own spin on it i feel like this is one of the most creative yeah attempts at doing that just especially the whole time travel mm -hmm. thing i just thought that was yeah. so creative yeah that it was very creative i agree yeah i've never seen a christmas carol with a with a, a shark sleigh before so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hadn't either. And I just—it's so strange and different. Yeah. And I, mm -hmm. I just—I love that visual. Also, the visual of her lying on the floor, petting the shark, singing to it—I <laughs> I really liked that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, but fun. But fun. Yeah. So, I'm gonna have to well, remember that Santa Jaws. Thing. Yeah, you gotta watch Santa Jaws. It's a classic, holiday classic. Maybe we could do that next Christmas in July. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, he has a giant like candy cane kind of like spheres, like one of those kind of sharks <laughs> that like in in impales people. <laughs> oh wow, it's ridiculous, but but funny to me. Yeah, that that sounds weird. I kind of yeah. I, I want to see it now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you need to. 
<laughs> but thanks for having me on. This was fun to talk about for sure. It was yeah. fun to talk. We haven't talked Doctor Who for a while. So yeah. it was kind of fun to get back. Well, one day we'll have to start season two. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, life just, even with the quarantine, I feel like life just gets busier and busier. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> so, well, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining me. And thanks for suggesting this. Because I had had this one in the back of my head as one to do in the future. But once you said that you were kind of interested in this one, I was like, yeah. yes, let's just do it. Let's do it now. It's perfect yeah. to do it. And we covered, uh, if people are wondering, over on my channel, we covered Doctor Who season 10, 11, 12, and 13, and season 1. So we've covered five seasons of Doctor Who on my channel. So if people want to check that out, they should pretty fun and eventually we'll cover the rest of them yeah we will someday <laughs> someday we will get to them so we got eight seasons somehow some way to cover it's just hard when you get into a show late yeah. i feel like you can never quite catch up <laughs> i feel it's a little bit easier with doctor who since they do have shorter seasons than like american tv shows mm -hmm. but it's still it's still a lot it's yeah. still a, a big number of episodes right well, thanks for joining me on this one. Do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. I would really appreciate it. And then you can also find me at the Hallmarkies Podcast, where we cover Christmas all year round and all kinds of rom-coms and fun stuff. And we have a we have a really good time over there at Hallmarkies Podcast. So check that out. Yeah, you will see her on my other podcast too. We had a Hallmarkies themed episode and an episode with just Rachel. So yeah. make sure to check those out as well. So fun. Well, thanks for doing this with me. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Thanks to Rachel for joining me for this episode of Every Version Ever. If you want more from her, I'll have links to all her stuff in the description below. Now before we go, I thought I'd include a clip from one of Rachel's podcasts that we did all the way back in 2017. We referenced it a few times in this episode, but one of the earliest episodes of Doctor Who we talked about back then was the third episode of the new series, The Unquiet Dead. And I know it doesn't sound like it, but that was actually a Christmas episode, and it featured Charles Dickens in a lead role, and had a few nods to A Christmas Carol. So since we'd previously reviewed it, I thought I'd include a discussion of that episode here as well. So this one, I loved this episode. I thought it was so fun. In this one, they go back in time to 1869, the doctor and Rose, and they go back to this funeral parlor. And there is this man who runs the funeral parlor, and he has this servant who is a, a medium, kind of a clairvoyant. And there's basically like this this mysterious sort of, uh, vapor, uh, steam, whatever you want to call it, uh, that uh, is sort of turning these dead bodies into... Zombies, basically. Yeah. And uh, there's this connection between this servant uh, woman and the zombies and everything like that. And uh, so end up meeting Charles Dickens. <laughs> These people kidnap Rose. And so then the doctor and Charles Dickens end up like kind of hunting down uh, Rose and trying to figure everything out. And there's lots of sort of 
I loved how they were they were both Rose and the doctor were both sort of fan fanboying out over Charles Dickens. I loved uh, the actor who uh, played Charles Dickens. I thought he was great, and uh, it ends up that basically this lady Gwyneth ends up kind of sacrificing herself uh, because she's this bridge between the afterlife and and these zombies or whatever and they find out that these zombies can't handle gas and so she ends up becoming this sort of bridge with the gas and the fire and uh anyway and this is able to get rid of the the zombies and i just loved it i thought this was so entertaining i loved all the dialogue i loved everything with charles dickens because i love dickens and and i really liked uh, the horror elements with the zombies and with the, you know, I thought it was sort of creepy and, and I don't know. I just thought it was so entertaining. I had a huge smile on my face watching it. Okay. So I think you might've been confused on a little bit of it. They're not from the afterlife. They're not like actually coming back from the dead. The, the vapor, the gas, those are, the gas is actually creatures from another planet. The Gelf. She's like a bridge. Like she's like, she connects the two. That's what I, I meant. Yeah, there's there's like a rift in time and space. So it's like a wormhole, basically. A very okay. small wormhole, and they're leaking through this wormhole. So wherever they're from, they're made of gas. And I th- it sounded like maybe they'd had bodies at one point, but their bodies had been destroyed. They I, say- I misunderstood that. I thought it was a... Okay. I didn't realize that it was to another planet, not to, or I forgot. That makes sense. Yeah. Basically, it's sort of a science fiction explanation of ghosts. Right. Which I think, I feel like they've done similar things with other creatures. Like they have one that's witches. They have a werewolf, um, vampires. So they, they like to take an old myth or magic type thing and put a science fiction twist on it and i think this is one of my favorites when they do that because i loved the idea that ghosts are actually gas aliens from another world it's such a it's such an interesting idea and i loved the execution of it i think they did a great job with this it really is, and they did a good job sort of creating tension, and like I said, bringing in some of those sort of horror elements into the story. Into the story, and uh, I don't know, I just, I just loved everything with Charles Dickens. I thought it was so fun, and uh, you know, you get to see him kind of very excited about Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and I don't know, I just, I was really, inter- I thought it was really entertaining. I liked all the performances. Yeah. They got some great actors for this. Yes. I guess it actually aired in April. It's interesting because it definitely feels almost like a Christmas episode. Yeah, I, I noticed that when I watched it last night. I thought they really could have maybe saved this for a Christmas special. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I just like, I guess I'm a sucker for period piece stuff in general. And it almost reminded me a little bit of... Uh, like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which is something that I actually really enjoyed. And he got really harshly criticized uh, in the reviews, but I thought it was really fun, this sort of mashup of something that was sort of classic, uh, you know, Jane Austen with like zombies. And, and I felt a little bit like that, you know, so it was Charles Dickens and, and, uh, and sort of the proper and prim of, uh, 
a period of period piece matched with zombies and Doctor Who and everything else. And, and so I think I got yeah. that same kind of enjoyment. What score out of like one to ten? Why would you rank this? How would you rank this episode? Uh, it would probably give it somewhere between eight and nine, probably. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a 9.5. This may be my favorite episode I've seen so far. I really liked it. Uh, I, I haven't seen enough to say that this was a perfect episode, but I thought it was darn entertaining. I really enjoyed yeah. it. So it's one uh, of my favorite favorites of the period pieces. Yeah, I bet. Thanks again to Rachel for joining me on this episode of Every Version Ever. And next time she'll be back for another episode, this time combining several reviews that she and I have done previously into one big episode, all featuring gender swapped Scrooges. These movies were all primarily Hallmark and Lifetime films, each taking the basic building blocks of A Christmas Carol and putting their own unique spins on them. They're all very different stories, but their biggest common feature is that they all have female Scrooge characters. Rachel and I have had a lot of fun talking about these films in the past, so it'll be fun to bring these discussions to a new audience here on this podcast. So thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time on Every Version Ever.